0: What for you will be the most important electoral issue come this election? Well, a land of milk and honey, a land where you can start a new life. You'll be far from hunger and strife, pestilence and war. You may remain on the margins of a society that does not fully embrace you, whose population often blames you for all its ills, but you will survive. This is the thinking of many a migrant who comes to South Africa. I certainly think one of the most contentious issues of this election is going to be migration. Many South Africans feel besieged by the influx of foreigners. The vast majority they believe are undocumented and who've taken up residence here since 1994. Well, a new study seeks to paint a clearer picture of who is here and why and what needs to be done to resolve what is now a long-standing challenge that is not going to go away. The New South Institute uh, has uh, published a report by Alan Hirsch, the Director of uh, the Migration Governance Reform in Africa Programme, migra uh, joins us now on the line uh, professor alan hirsch is also of course a professor in development policy and practice at the university of cape town and i think the line just dropped at that very moment as we go to the professor i think the producers are now trying to get him back on the line um so this report is called south africa country study migration trends policy implementation and outcomes and it's certainly going to be a contentious issue for this year's election and i'm now looking at the producers do we have professor hirsch on the line we do all right we've got him back on the line Uh, prof thank you very much uh, for your time this morning Uh, looking at this new study i suppose a good place for us to start is looking at the historical picture of migration to South Africa. Traditionally, if you were white and or skilled, you could perhaps expect a clear pathway to citizenship. But if you were black, you were seen as merely cheap labor. You were expected to return to your country of origin. How much has changed?
1: Well, you know, that's true, Bongani. It has changed to a certain extent. Obviously, um, in general, um, the the 2002 um, Immigration Act um, officially distinguished, didn't you know, did away with the kind of distinctions that were present in the Aliens Act that goes back to 1911. But the bilateral labour relations, uh, bilateral labour agreements between South Africa and and five African countries, which um, are officially the control the Migrant labour um, system. You know, countries like Mozambique, Lesotho, Malawi, countries which have historically been dependent on South Africa and become dependent on South Africa for for jobs um, due to the mines and the farms that they they were persuaded to work on over over more than a century. Um, they have no rights. Effectively, they have no rights to to remain in South Africa, and they have relatively few. Rights while they are in South Africa, so there still is a what um, Professor Jonathan Crush called a two-gate system. Um, that's limited to some extent.
0: Government has since come to regret what you might call the progressive immigration regime enacted in 1994. I mean, we've since, if I understood uh, your study correctly, we've seen an increase of, what, nearly 200% in terms of the number of migrants in the country since, say, about 1990. And those are the official figures. Well, there
1: are two sets of figures. There's the um, South African statistics figures and the United Nations figures. The South African statistics figures are um, are influenced, I think, by the fact that quite a lot of foreign-born um, Africans uh, actually claim to be South African-born in the census. So it's very hard to tell. But in the UN data, you can see that the um, increase, it's really since 2000, has been about 200% of the proportion of um, of uh, foreigners um, living in South Africa or foreign-born people living in South Africa.
0: Do we have a uh, total number? A rat- Sorry to come in. The total
1: number is um, about three million, so it's not very large. uh, And the the total percentage is somewhere close to five percent, which is also not very large. Um, The global average is about three and a half percent, but countries like America and Australia have um, percentages of foreign-born people of you know fifteen, sixteen percent.
0: There are many South Africans who feel swamped, perhaps even insecure, um, based on the number of foreigners perceived to be in the country, uh, and that in the context of what growing inequality, backbreaking poverty, unemployment, pressure on state resources, you take your pick, healthcare, education, housing, uh, many citizens feel there just isn't enough of the pie to share. Are their concerns well-founded?
1: Um, you know, for for poor individuals living in poor communities, um, their lives may be influenced to a very small extent by the by the existence of um uh immigrants and they could be refugees or people pending refugee status or or legal legal immigrants. So if you're poor and unemployed um and you have and you come from a relatively destitute family and you know that Twenty percent of South Africa's population at the moment um, experiences hunger. Um, you would, you would um, blame. You, you know, it's not, un- it's not surprising that they blame foreigners for it. And the fact that the economy essentially hasn't grown in per capita terms, in fact, has declined in per capita terms over the last ten years, is much more important in influencing their position. But they do feel uncomfortable. Um, surveys of attitudes. Say that poor people um, resent the presence of these foreign-born people, but, but xenophobia is probably not the right word. Now, populist politicians stir up those feelings of um, anxiety and insecurity to try to mobilise uh, behind their political programmes, and the government sometimes blames foreigners for the lack of services, the lack of housing, whatever. Usually. That's not, not nearly
0: the main factor. I'm just going to take as a sample, if you go to densely populated areas like, uh, say, Hilbra or the inner city in Johannesburg or even Sunnyside in Pretoria, uh, many people would say that the numbers they see in those areas aren't a small percentage, as you've described it. How do, they re- how do you respond to that?
1: You know I don't know the actual numbers in in those areas as I said the, the statistical data isn't isn't very reliable on where people were born um, but um, I'm sure they're much bigger proportions you know people tend to flock to areas where there are opportunities and there are more opportunities in the urban centers um, than in you know country towns or whatever so I'm sure the percentage is much higher um, how should we in parts of you know Joburg, Durban Cape Town
0: how should we deal with this because there are radically differing views on this from the EFF for example which is suggesting a borderless Africa never mind just South Africa to uh, parties like uh, the Patriotic Alliance whose leaders have even gone to the border to harass would be migrants how should we how should we deal with this well
1: you know the first thing is that we should be able to implement current law effectively um the problem is that the Department of Home Affairs is in a terrible state. So people don't trust the Department of Foreign Affairs. I think... You know, of Home Affairs. Fairly, oh, sorry, of Home Affairs. Um, and, um, you know, the, 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 there's, there's, there's been a lot of corruption, a lot of incompetence. The minister has been forced to apologize to several courts about the department not being able to do what it's supposed to do and what's been required to do by the Constitutional Court. So the first challenge, I think, is to build a government institution that the people trust. Um, And that's going to be quite a big investment required in the Department of Home Affairs, fixing the IT systems, bringing in skilled people, both in the immigration operations and in the IT section. Um, And I don't know if government currently has committed the kind of resources to that that it needs to do. Then, you know, you can think about some tweaking, tweaking the laws here and there. But, but at the moment, the law doesn't work. So there's no point in doing that. The, the current white paper of government says we've got to tighten up the refugee law. We've got to tighten up the citizenship law. But not much point in doing that when the system isn't operating.
0: And there are many who might suggest that the horse has already bolted. Professor Alan Hirsch, thank you so much for your time this morning.